Chris Urbans. And I'm Mike Urbans, and welcome to It's Your Water. We're glad you found us. Water has been described as a universal solvent because it dissolves stuff. It's universal and it's a solvent. So it, it truly is. You think about it. Well water especially has uh, its fair share of things down there in that well to dissolve. As you know, our podcast is a culmination of all our years in the industry solving drinking water issues. And uh, one of the peskiest ones is organics, uh, namely tannins in the water. Tannins um, are dissolved organics, or like I like to say, dead stuff tea. Dead stuff tea. Yes, because as water passes through decayed vegetation or peat or ancient dead stuff oh. yeah it, it it passes through um and it takes on color these color bodies are fulvic and humic acids and uh just like tea and they come out of the well looking like weak ginger ale or almost like dark tea and if dark you know, organic tea organic tea yes yeah. mm. and you know you have them if someone's constantly yelling in the, on your new house or your new well or uh, who didn't flush the toilet oh. because it really does kind of have a, you know, a urine quality to it. Uh, and It could have a pale brown quality. Yeah, to it. Well, yeah, too. And uh, so that's really the telltale sign or staining. But typically it, you see it in the uh, a, a white porcelain thing in your house uh say a bathtub full of water you know or the commode or the commode and uh so it can also show up as what they call as a heme iron which is a iron organically bound in the tannin that's another part of it too heme iron is uh Denise thought it was Hemi iron. I said, no, that's that's, that's a Dodge engine. car. Yeah, if yeah. It's, you got a Hemi in your... Uh, but, um, no, he, they, I, it was always H-E-M-E for anybody who wants to look it up. But that is particularly pesky because the iron is bound up in the organic and it will sail right through a water softener. You test it, your water looks fairly clear. I mean... Uh, test clear and you do your test and you got a half a part per mile in iron your water softener your filtration equipment may be knocking it down to that pesky half a part so you have five parts a million iron in your water okay so is it five parts of one kind of iron and one part of the heme yes iron? and what uh, some people will do is they'll run their water through filter paper and sometimes you can determine that some people call it iron algaes uh but it's an organically bound iron, and that particularly, because it's kind of invisible, it doesn't give you that uh, tea color. We're going to talk about that, but and, and how to remove it. So, basically, tannins and heme iron are going to be the focus of this podcast of of how do we remove it. Okay. So, uh, okay. So, are they harmful? Not really. Uh, in one one instance, they are, but. They're just organic. In New Jersey, they actually have, um, if anybody's ever been through the uh, pine forest, I mean pine barrens, and they have that, uh, the uh, cedar water, 
Right. And the water literally looks like cedar. It's brown cedar. But it doesn't, it's not harmful. It's just, it's colored with these humic acids. And um, so it's really not harmful, but it's, it's an aesthetic problem. And you, uh, you'll see it in coastal areas, swampy areas, obviously. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but the heme iron can come in different areas. But typically, there's, there's a lake associated with it. There's a swamp there's a coastal area, low-lying, sandy, where, the, where it's not naturally filtered. Uh, Does it show up if they run a really deep well? Do they still have these organics in these areas? Not really. Depends if they drilled through a layer of organic, and then that could cascade down into the lower parts of the well. Okay. That's a good, uh, good point because we're having problems with that. We've just had a huge rainstorm, and all the uh, leaves are down here. This is uh, the fall, and uh, we just had a really big soaking rain. And I'm uh, today several calls this week on uh, color, colored water, and problems with uh, with organics, clay silt. But that's that's another another thing. So, will are they harmful? The organics in these low-lying areas, uh, coastal areas, uh, like Virginia Beach actually discovered a trihalomethanes in the water. And these are byproducts of chlorination as they contact or stew in the organic material that's left over in the pipes or it's in the water, naturally occurring where the municipalities can't apply what we're going to talk about because uh, it's hugely expensive. Okay, so they're not naturally... They aren't naturally occurring. They're a byproduct, so it's almost like a, it's a, it's a halogenated Right, when it hits byproduct. the chlorine. When it, well, the chlorine reacts with the organic matter, the ancient dead stuff. It will create this halogen... It's hard to explain, but... It's a byproduct, and it's not good. It actually was uh, deemed to cause the you know, miscarriages. That's where they found that situation was really bad in the Virginia Beach area. You can look up trihalomethanes and do your homework. So, yeah, you need to remove your organic matter if you're going to chlorinate. Now, homes, if you're chlorinating, you can actually create trihalomethanes in a home. So, and if you have organic matter. So, another reason to remove the organics so okay so the uh how do we fix it i mean this just from working with you all these years i know there's no one easy fix but it can you simplify it for us yeah yeah we can fix that it's fairly easy i say it's fairly easy but it's nothing new um the treatment there is a a class of uh anion resin it's, it's a highly specially developed anion resin that they make with a large pore structure. And uh, they're called organic traps. That's what we've always called them. And that's, uh, that's the title of this, setting the organic trap. Mm-hmm. So how do we set the organic trap? Uh, we apply these specialized anion resins. Now, 
it's not as easy as I said, but there are rules of engagement here that this is where the experiences come in and uh, where you should pay attention. You should pull over your truck right now. Okay, grasshopper. And take notes. Pull over. Pull over because we don't want you hitting guardrails or young children on bicycles. So uh, a lot of people tell me they listen to this in the car. I wish they would listen to it in the boat. It'd be <laughs> out there in nice leisure. But now they're in then a car. Then everybody else Everybody's hear working. It, right? Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. See it right now. Yeah. Looking down, saying, "I wonder if this this lake is nice. Got, has, that got it organics. Has organics. And how does that affect the fish? And perhaps it's the well, the fish, fish create the organics. This is yeah, true. They, fish they little manure. Right yeah, fish manure. So, they the, uh, you these highly specialized anionic resins. It's not that the tannins have anionic properties they do kind of weak but it's they make these resins i guess anion resin we'll have to we'll have to grab a, uh, a resin manufacturer but it lends itself to be more porous they you can pop them more because i believe the structure of anionic resin is easier to add what they call as a porogen when they're being manufactured, and we're talking microscopic here, you know. Yeah. We're not talking Obviously. like this big There's piece millions, of popcorn. There's millions of beads in one yeah. cubic foot. So what they do is they make these beads have a bigger pore structure, and it's kind of like millions of tiny sponges. Just think of that. Because as the molecule load or the organics load in, as they picture a water softener, okay, this I mean they are put in a, uh, a, a regenerating tank uh, with brine. So they're in there, and the water is passing through, and they're actually taking on the tannin bodies uh, in the organic molecules are loading, and the bead actually will microscopically swell. And the process is like a sponge. You introduce brine, and not a lot of brine. We'll talk about that. And you introduce the brine, and it squeezes the bead back down. So it's kind of like you physically squeezing a sponge. So the, the water goes through. The organics get absorbed or adsorbed like a sponge, mm -hmm. or in a similar manner to a sponge. Mm -hmm. and, and then and you how do we know when it's... A, how, you just preset when you're going to brine it. Then. Well, yeah, that's the next part of it. She's jumping ahead again. No, I'm not. Jumping ahead. Just um, trying to make things clear. So we'll get into, we'll, basically, you wring out these tiny sponges. But, and this resin is very specialized, so there is a price to pay. Some resins are more porous, and they work better. But the porosity compromises the bead integrity you know you have less structure mm -hmm. and then these beads are contracting and swelling contracting and swelling and so they're weak and they don't last as long now the funny part is the more expensive it is the weaker it is because they have to add more porogen and it's more specialized but it does a hell of a job but at a cost i prefer the acrylics and there's uh, acrylics with micropores and macropores. 
and uh, then there's a blended resin. Uh, since it's a proprietary product, it's uh, Pure Light makes it Tanex, mm-hmm. and that has the high porosity stuff and the low porosity as a proprietary blend, but it costs two times the regular organic trap resins. So that you have to weigh if it, the, the Tanex is the ultimate. It, it really hardly ever fails. And if that, if Tanex fails, you got a severe problem. So uh, the bottom line is obtain several samples of the resins uh, from your favorite manufacturer or your favorite distributor like us. Mm-hmm. Uh, put them in a, into a canister. Like uh, they have the refillable uh, cartridge filters now. Mm-hmm. You can buy them. You just fill up a cartridge filter, make it a uh, hose connection on it, run it really slow. Uh, you know, go to the house, choose your best performer because, as I found over the years, that organic trap resins perform better in different regions. Florida, east coast of Florida, like acrylics, uh, micropore, certain parts of the country like a macropore, uh, the Carolinas, you have to go to macropore, um, and then there's a cheaper, you know, cheaper alternative. The acrylics tend to be a little bit more than a styrenic. But what I'm getting at is there's about three choices, three or four you can make, three, four choices. Find that resin that works with it in your area. Stick with it. That's all I can tell you because there's no magic science behind it. Um, now that you've chosen the resin, uh, like Denise was asking, how do we make it perform? Uh, you know, how do we make it work to its optimal performance? Uh, more is better. Well, what happens is if you mix bed the resin and you have over 10 grains per gallon, you create a bicarbonate and it clogs the drain up. So I don't really suggest you mix it because the deeper the bed, the better performance you're going to have. I'm not trying to sell more resin, but in certain instances, if your water's soft, you can put some on top of. Anine will lay on top of cation, but you got to be careful. you got to use upper screen because this stuff is so light, you'll backwash it out. It's a lot lighter than cation. So uh, be real careful. Don't layer cake it. Um, so I've always said test, test, test. The easiest to perform a tannin test or a TOC, total organic carbon analysis. So, always test. You get how many parts per million you are. The bed will remove about 1,200 parts per million per cubic foot. This is a rule of thumb. More is better because organic trap resin, you know, what happens is it's so expensive when people try to cut corners and they layer cake it. So, if you want to know how many gallons... 1,200 parts per million into your parts per million of coming in will be the life. However, all that kind of goes out the, the, uh, down the drain hmm. because you never want to let your bed run past three days. Tannin are very sticky, and you risk failing the bed. It, they just kind of grab on. So you want to keep your bed turned over every three days and use less salt. So you only need four to six pounds per cubic foot. So more backwashes with less salt 
keep that bed constantly clean, and you should never have a problem. What happens if you if it does get overrun? Well, I say, oh no, my bed is fouled. Uh, you can attempt to clean it, and this is maybe two attempts, and if it doesn't work, you're screwed. So what do we do? Well, I mean, so, how do we attempt it? What this do we is do? how you attempt it. It's called a warm brine squeeze. Warm brine squeeze. What you do is you make up a brine solution with warm water. Now, anion, especially this anion resin is very sensitive. Hotter is not better. If you can put your hand in it, you're okay. Uh, 95 degrees or lower. And the warm water has a twofold function. It's going to melt, dissolve more brine, and then you can put an acid solution in there, like phosphoric or ResCare, like ResCare ResUp, mm -hmm. uh, maybe about a half a gallon to five gallons. Uh, you don't really want to cook it, and you want to keep away from the fumes coming up off the hot water. But that warm water will come in, and you turn your, turn your unit to brine draw. You draw up your, your brine solution, and you hold the drain and feel for a temperature change in your drain. Or a TDS change in your drain if you can't, if you have a big bed, more, I'm saying one cubic foot, five, five gallons. Once you feel that warm drain, the change in the temperature, you know your solution's all the way down through the bed. Mm -hmm. So you shut it off. Now, this is the pain, but, you know, at least a half hour. Or if you have the luxury of overnight, come back the next day. Uh, the more it cooks, the better. And you will cook the resin, hopefully drive the foulants, which could be iron, uh, and that heme iron we're talking about, uh, can start to foul out. You drive that out of the resin, then you cycle the valve around. You stop the valve, it's probably back to service. So what you do is you cycle it over, turn it on, cycle it to backwash, then open your inlet. The reason why you don't open it on rinse is you don't, all those phalanx are stuck or floating crud inside your tank. So you want to put it on backwash to, to drive them out. them out the top, mm -hmm. not down through your bed. So you immediately turn it on backwash, purge, and I'll tell you, it looks like chocolate milk coming out mm -hmm. of the uh, drain. Yeah. It's, and... Most of the time, that'll clear it up. But if you do two of them in a row and you still have uh, your yellow water, um, uh, you're, you're done. Uh, you fouled the bed. Either you're going to need a bigger bed or address your situation there. So, I mean, but that's really it in a nutshell. Uh, you know, pick the resin to your geographical area. You know, choose the best one. Uh, if you're lucky, it's the cheapest one. Um, a lot of other people aren't so lucky. And regenerate that bed often. More often is better. If you have 10 grains or more, do not layer cake it. But that's, that's really the, the, the gospel there um, on I, this. I have a question that's not on the... Okay. Here we go. How come... This sounds more like a carbon application to me. Is there a reason that you would jump from a carbon to a, a resin? Do people try 
carbon, carbon first and then go to the resin? Carbon was the original organic trap, mm -hmm. uh, especially the filter sword products, the uh, Calgon mm -hmm. material that had a huge pore structure or wood-based uh, lignite, lignite coal. Uh, has a huge pore structure. So they can remove So they used color to decolorize yeah. acids. They still like, do. Yeah. yeah, they decolorize industrial acids with it. Um, but the problem is, it's a disposal thing. It's a life thing. Uh, how many gallons you're going to get out of it, it's not a huge amount of gallons where you can perpetuate with this by regenerating it. Correct, yeah. It's more efficient, better uh, longevity. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's a good question. Um yeah, that was the original original uh, organic trap. But another question: mm -hmm. Does this have any effect on the pH of the water? Oh, that's a real good question. I know. D A me forgot to mm -hmm. bring that one up. That's why Denise is here. I blab on other things and say you know too much. And <laughs> you're doing good. I'm doing today, good. I don't think today, I have one you know in you there. You don't have not just the ones you talked about. You're but you're doing um. We'll, um we'll get those. So, the uh, problem is, these have weak dealkalizing capabilities. They're anionic based. So, you may get a byproduct of organic trapping, of lowering the pH of the home. Problem is, these do dealkalize. And if you have a very low alkalinity water, say below 50, in very low TDS water below 100, you risk um, dropping pH a full point mm. um, because you're dealkalizing. You're taking every, every bit of alkalinity out of the water, gone. pH is dumped. Even though these are specific and these are weak dealkalizers, they will still do it in certain low TDS uh, waters of which you usually find in coastal areas. Mm -hmm. uh, and and there's no real cure for it. Some guys used to put um, soda ash in the brine tank, which would like shock and try to de convert the resin back to a organic trap and not a dealkalizer. It's, it's, it's an equilibrium thing that happens, but you're kind of like trying to slam it, force it over with soda ash in your brine tank. And... That never really worked. Uh, so you'll probably have to wind up putting this on before your acid neutralizer or before your soda ash system. So you're going to dump the pH. And how do you know you're going to dump your pH? Is low TDS, below 100, maybe 150 or lower. When you do your pilot test with your cartridge, will, yes, will yeah, you test, test your, that? Yeah, that? yeah. If you have water that is neutral and you're not using an acid neutralizer, you're coming into a water softener. Mm -hmm. Now you're going into the anion unit and, and the pH has dropped. And kaboom. at that point, you have treatment? Yeah, you have to put, uh, yeah, probably soda ash feeder if you don't want to reharden the water. Right. It's a problem. You would have to put the neutralizer after it. You say, why don't I put it before and really crank up the pH? Now it'll still dealkalize your water and drop your pH. Well, it sounds to me like if a, a dealer is looking at a tannin removal, he's going to have to be a really good, or she's going to have to be a really good salesperson because you're talking about a couple pieces of equipment here. And, and, and the organic trap resin's really expensive. Really expensive, yeah. Yeah, so you have to know what you're doing for sure. Yeah. I guess the bench test or bench the test, pilot test is pilot test, yep. key. 
Very important. Get get your when uh, you get free samples. All you need is like a liter, and uh, put it in your little cartridge. Uh, I have uh, several people who have made up their own cartridges of other filtration material, and yeah, I mean, what a wonderful way to find out if it's really the best one. Especially this. I mean, you're 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 in many hundreds of dollars a cubic foot, so. You got to do your homework with your uh, pilot testing on this. And of but course, if you need that, help, you can give us a call. Or yep. Call your your favorite wholesale distributor for help. Yep. Yep. And uh, one of the big takeaways I've learned from this since I've been working with you is it's a neighborhood by neighborhood kind of deal. It is. It's very localized. Which resin's going to work? And or. It's not like one neighbor has it and the other one does. In certain areas, coastal areas, everybody has it. Florida is just riddled with organics. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's everywhere. It's a natural, natural occurrence down there. Mm -hmm. Everybody has organic trap. It's a big market. Carolina's big market. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, some parts of Maine, uh, oddly enough, because uh, you think it's all granite up there, but there's, uh, there's a lot of coastal peat, hmm. peat bogs. Interesting. We, we very seldom get to... Uh do anything in California and in the western states we'd love to hear from people about their experiences with uh yeah parts of Oregon uh Oregon yeah 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 Oregon yeah. I've dealt with uh uh some people there because you have the big conifer trees mm -hmm. and conifer trees uh, create their own uh organic uh acids it's a pretty big problem and it, it's but it's "Quote unquote," easily easily rectified if you if you do your homework. Just like anything, mm -hmm. get your water test, and okay. uh, you're good to go. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I guess I guess I have to trust Michael, and that means I have to trust the frog. Trust the frog. Yeah. Thanks mm -hmm. for joining us. Yep. And we'll See be you talking next time. at you next time. <laughs>